listening to Payments Nerds, a podcast where we share perspectives on all things payments. If you are a payments nerd too, or are a little bit curious about what's going on in the payments world, you're in the right place. Let's start the show. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Payments Nerds, the official podcast of The Clearinghouse. I'm Greg McSweeney, and I'm your host for this episode. Returning listeners will recall that Payments Nerds focus, here at Payments Nerds, we focus on the happenings and developments uh, in the payments world, really anything that's payments related. While we do focus on a number of different payment topics, we often talk about real-time payments, which in this case uh, is really talking about payments on the RTP network, uh, which is currently the only operational real-time payments rail that's open to all depository institutions in the United States. So we're always looking to highlight how different users and financial institutions are using RTP in ways to create new products and to create new services for customers and really innovative ways to move payments faster to solve problems. Who doesn't like to get their money faster? I mean, that's a, that's a key factor for customer satisfaction and also to create new business opportunities. And one of the cool things about the RTP network is that financial institutions and their customers are working with their clients to come up with some pretty innovative new ways to use real-time payments. Today's no different, and we call those use cases, and we're going to talk about one today. So we're going to talk about real-time payments in the real estate space. So many listeners, like many of you and me, have bought or sold real estate in the past, and one thing becomes pretty clear as you go through the real estate closing process. I guess you could say it's not up-to-date with kind of where we are with the rest of society, with things being digital, things moving quickly. Uh, There's a lot of paper involved. Uh, the workflow looks like it's a little older. Uh, and while many things have moved to instant, uh, you know, think about your online shopping or think about how you consume media nowadays, you stream it on demand. Real estate is kind of slowly moving in that direction. So we're going to talk about how payments in real estate is really starting to take a big step forward to help smooth out that process and make it just, you know, join us today in, in today's re- real and instant world. So Joining me today is Bob Beams, who is a founder and CEO of EM Transfer, a provider of real estate, a real estate specific cash management plan for. And also joining me is Ricky Booth, who is a senior manager of real time payments at KeyBank. So enough for me about what's going on with real estate. Let, let's hear it from, from Bob, who is you know in the real estate space and, and working with clients day to day. Let's discuss the payments landscape in the real estate industry and what's going on currently. And and Bob. Walk us through what's going on with payments in real estate and, and how they are typically made today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Greg. Um, well, you know, there's there's rumors and there's times when real estate was paid for with, you know, say livestock, but those days are kind of gone. Um, but yeah, you might feel st- still in that kind of time frame. The uh, main tools used today are things like checks and wires. And within a real estate transaction, there's multiple movements of money that take place. So and we tend to be siloed. It's like my role is the buyer, my role is the seller. So you only see your movement, but there's lots of movements that take place. So uh, when it comes to starting the real estate transaction, we're collecting things like earnest money. And as we get closer to closing a real estate transaction, you're collecting the buyer's down payment and their loan proceeds. And these happen at different times and, and different methods might be used. You might use a check for earnest money and a wire for down payments. Once the money is received and all the paperwork signed and it's time to finalize this thing, now the settlement company has to send that money out and disperse it. So that's going to consist of paying off loans if the seller had a loan on their house, paying the agents their commissions, paying the recording fees with the county, utility companies, contractors, uh, anybody who might be involved in that real estate transaction that gets money. So at the end of the day, there's probably anywhere from five to 15 movements of money within the real estate transaction and 
historically we're you know using checks to collect things like earnest money and using wires to disperse funds. Uh, ACH has kind of been the not the most liked term in the real estate sector. And the major reason for that is because of the clawback for, uh, fraud protection that's part of the ACH network. Um, we use it and we found that there's really a misunderstanding of the ACH network in terms of fraud. Uh, it's viewed as that consumers can have a bad hair day and they can ask for their money back and they'll get it, no questions asked. And when we explain that, yes, there's fraud protection, but it's intended for true fraud, that there's legal recourse to that, um, our customers seem to understand that, yes, this is a viable tool to use and there's a place for ACH as well. So, yeah, so th that's the general landscape of today. Got it. So you, you mentioned, you know, wires, checks, uh, probably, it's probably still the most common is checks, I imagine. Um, and what are the different problems that arise with either checks or, and you kind of spoke a little bit about ACH there, and we'll get into fraud in a bit too. But um, what, are, what are the different problems that arise with checks or wires or? Yeah, whatever the payment. Whatever, whatever. Payment. I would say in general. Livestock. You know, with yeah, livestock. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, when it comes to checks, the, the, the first problem is, does the customer have them? Right. That, that's that's why I started this business is I asked a client for a check. They didn't have it and they had to go get a, a cashier's check to provide their earnest money. And that was through that experience. And I went, we need a better solution for this. So, you know, in the banking world and generally say like checks aren't going away and that may be true on the business side of the world. But in the consumer space, not not so much. Their expectation is to use the, the P2P solutions to pay each other. Their, their expectation is to pay quickly and fast and be paid quickly and fast. So, so we're not able to meet that expectations with checks and wires. Um, so when we have to deal with checks, we also have to deal with the amount of time it takes. So if you're talking about earnest money, you know, usually what happens is buyer and, and buyer's agent, they go find the house. Buyer goes home and thinks about it. They talk at 10 o'clock at night. They write the offer. They e-sign the, the contract. And then the next day, somebody's got to get that check delivered to the trust account holder who's going to hold it. And if it's the agent, that could be the agent leaving their house, going to their buyer's office, um, getting their check. They're chatting for you know half an hour about the house and the process of buying the house. And then they got to get in their car, drive to the title company or to the whoever's holding that money, drop it off, and then go back to their day. So that easily consumes two to three hours worth of time where the consumer's used to paying with the click of a button and being done. Additionally, uh, the title companies will use checks to pay, say, agent commission. And as a courtesy, they will get in a car and drive the check to the agent's bank and deposit it for them, get a deposit slip, bring it back to their office, uh, photocopy that receipt, put it into their ERP system, and then go about their day. Now, that's how it's explained, but in reality, it doesn't happen that fast. Checks get lost along the way. Receipts get lost along the way. And we've heard fun stories of like, when we talk about checks, that in one case, they were tearing down a building and they found a check from 30 years ago in between desks, right? And they're like, where did that check go? Oh, there it is, right? So there's all, there's all sorts of stories in that. Then the other thing with, with fraud is in the wire fraud side of things. Buyers are targeted heavily in the real estate world. And the reason they're targeted is because real estate agents' information is all over the internet. So the bad guys know who's representing buyers and sellers. So they target these company, these real estate agents, and they target title companies, and they try to get into their email, see what the communication is, and then send nefarious wire instructions to the consumer. The consumer, when they're going through a real estate transaction, they're just walking the path, right? They're following what their agent says. And so when they get an email, it looks like it came from their agent or it came from the title company that says, we need to move money today or we can't close in two weeks. They don't call and ask. 
they just take the wire instructions, go to their bank and wire their money. And the reason it's successful is because consumers don't do wires every day, right? About the only time somebody does a wire is when they buy or sell a house in, from a consumer side of things. So that's why wire fraud is very, very successful. Um, something else I would say is a problem with wires is you do have cutoff times. And so if you are paying a seller's loan off, they will have a payoff amount that's good for a certain day. If you miss the wire cutoff for some reason, now you have to go to the next day. So to keep that cutoff, or excuse me, keep that payoff amount, you have to pay a per diem. So there's additional costs that come into it. So those are some of the things that, yeah. that you run into. So you mentioned fraud, and, and Ricky, I want to turn to you on the fraud topic as well. Are these uh, rates of fraud increasing with wire payments in the real estate market? I know we're seeing fraud uh, and a lot of other payments rails kind of increase, and there's a lot of hacking going on, um, spamming, you know, all sorts of all of the you know fraudsters are out there trying to scam any kind of payments network. Are you seeing the fraud rates increase with wires? So from a wire perspective, you, you have a lot of those, um, the scams and maybe some things that you were talking about from an, an email compromise, right? So at the end of the day, um, you're going to have the whole know, know who you're paying scenario, right? That's still going to be very, very important. Um, one thing within the RTP space, it kind of gives you that end-to-end that -end confirmation to be able to know who you're paying, maybe while you're on the phone at the exact same time with them. So you do have some ability there to catch fraud out the gate. Um, again, we, we love that end-to-end -end confirmation. Um, that speed of payment will also help overall kind of stop any fraud um, from, from starting, along with your secure connection. And, and I think we'll get into that a little bit um, as we talk about just this overall secure network that RT, RTP brings. Um, when it comes to fraud, uh, Bob was talking about check, right? That's where you're seeing the increased fraud within the industry. So we definitely want to open up more opportunities away from check. RTP is just one, one of those solutions. Um, but again, it's going to be an enhancement um, adding on to you know this fast, wire is a quote unquote fast payment, but RTP is going to be just that faster and a little bit more secure overall payment to help help with those fraud constraints. Bob, does that line up with what you're seeing in terms of fraud increases? Yeah, for sure. I think that... I'm extremely excited about real-time payments from a fraud mitigation perspective because what our customers can do is they can change their protocols. Right now when you're dealing with a wire, you originate a wire and anywhere from 20 minutes to the next day that wire takes place. So there's a delay in time. So if you get into real-time payments and you have a seller come into a title company's office and, and sign their documents, in theory, before they hit the front door, their proceeds could be in their bank account. And they, they confirmed all that face-to-face. -face. And so and they're not leaving with a check that they have to go deposit that they could lose. So from that perspective, the other side is if they aren't there, then they can change their protocol to where the title company gets on the phone with their client and their agent because their agent knows both parties and they can confirm everybody's the right people, confirm bank account information, hit send, and then the, the receiving party confirm they received the money. And then the last piece I would add to that is the request for payment. As that grows through the network, that it will be the major factor to mitigating traditional wire fraud, which is getting buyers to wire money to the wrong account. Because now you have internal messaging from bank to bank that provides confidence to that consumer that that is the person who's supposed to be receiving it. And then there's warranties in there uh, for fraud uh, within the real-time payment network to, to help mitigate if fraud did happen. So I, I, all I see are ups. 
uh, in terms of real-time payments in our space. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into the RTP stuff in a little bit. Let's take a little step back, though. Uh, let me turn to Ricky about offering real-time payments on the RTP network. And you guys are doing it through KeyBank. EM Transfer is doing it through KeyBank. So, Ricky, what was involved with connecting EM Transfer to RTP? And really, how are they connected uh, to the network? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we mentioned uh, APIs, so good old what application program interfaces. Maybe five to ten years ago, if someone asked me what an API was, I would tell you I'm not really sure. Sounds sounds techy, sounds pretty fancy. Um, mm-hmm. But we do have that capability now with, with KeyBank through EM Transfer. It kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with an instant payment, right? So you, you create first this secure connection, um, which is a, a quick connection. So EM Transfer gets to bank in a way when they want with their clients, right? There's no cutoff time. There's no nine to five. Um, it's a direct connection within their software. So that's why we've gone the API route because it fits the, the use case really well, especially in that real estate, right? Warriors, um, Fed wire um, connection closes. Now you have this ability post wire connection, weekends, holidays, directly through that API. So in terms of how we connected, right? We could, I could talk about developer.key.com and, and the, the tech specs, right? But that's, it was the connecting piece was a little bit more than that and how we approached the overall relationship. I'll say KeyBank is a relationship bank. So what did we do? We treated it as a one-on-one project, right? We're on the phone, live working sessions with Bob and team um, to connect to our API. It wasn't Hey, go take a look at this. Let us know how it works. Come back to us if you have any questions. It was great live feedback. Um, as we were we were building it, um, Bob was actually able to provide some good insight that that we saw would work for real estate industry and other industries abroad. Um, so that overall connecting piece, again, on, on paper, the tech is just a process, but we we're really able to elaborate true working sessions um, to build off each other. Uh, the security side of things, I'll also say Key does a little bit more things that are more secure than than any other API that's not always um, consistent across the, the the industry. And that's one thing that, that Bob called out. Love the security, but we had to work hand in hand in that. You know, what does this new process look like? You know, able to kind of get those partners to the table and, and walk through that was a key part of that connection um, overall. So that, that's more of like a an industry recommendation, right? Make sure both sides are comfortable with the API, they understand the flows. And then after that, once it's all on paper, the connecting piece is the easy part. Um, It's really just making sure that you're both on the same page. Bob, can you talk about, from your perspective, what was it like going through the API connection process and um, what you guys had to do to kind of, I guess, step up and and get connected? You know, as Ricky said, and I, We've had a great relationship with KeyBank all along, so I'd say that's the first thing that made the connection work, is having a great group of guys and people to work with here to put it together. And as Ricky said, when we got into just making the connection, the security protocols that we had to go through were much higher than what we'd seen elsewhere, right? It wasn't just username, password. And and it was some protocols that weren't standard. And and uh, just to give you an example, like you're looking across Google for help and and there wasn't a lot of information out there, which isn't a bad thing, in my opinion, because it, it's it's a security protocol that that's very secure and isn't necessarily utilized all the time. But once it's in place and and once we figured it out, it's it's fantastic. And then as we went through the process of 
you know, working with APIs, you know, doing some beta testing, seeing how it works, giving feedback and having the team come back to us and go, yeah, that makes sense. We'll implement that. And then they were implementing that and putting it into, into the sandbox very quickly so we could test it and make sure it works. And then just to talk about from a speed perspective, once we were had our arms wrapped around all the functionality and how we wanted to use it, uh, the implementation within our platform really took about five business days. So, so it wasn't a heavy lift to do the implementation. And, and, and I'll speak to across the board, this wasn't just RTP, this was also utilizing wires, it was utilizing ACH. So, so the, the API was very flexible for us to uh, implement you know, once we got our, hand, our hands wrapped around it. So, Ricky, this was a, uh, an API for uh, electronic payments. Is that what it was? So it wires, ACH, all of those, or is it specific to RTP? So we know that there's multiple APIs in the industry, right? And, and it can get confusing on how many different ones you want to connect to. We, we wanted to keep it close to as similar as possible um, when you're working with a different payment type. So I'll say that the foundation of the APIs um, stay pretty similar. And then just tweaking a couple things based on the payment type, right, would, would tweak some of the coding within the API itself. So we wanted to create it, again, not having a brand new API, just more of a couple field changes that you could use across our whole electronic payment ecosystem. Got it. Okay. Let's switch back to how AMT Transfer is using RTP. Uh, and Bob, before you mentioned kind of the numerous t- different people in a, in a typical real estate transaction, obviously buyer, seller, agents, contractors, um, title insurance, it, you know, many, many payments that most buyers and sellers don't think about, right? All the fees going back and forth. So you talked about the users. Where do you think RTP is going to make the most sense? Where are you going to see the most activity with those different types of users? Is it going to be buyers and sellers or is it going to be more agents to for closings? Is it going to be contractors? What do you think? What I envision happening and how our platform works is when it comes time to make a disbursement, we're analyzing that routing number to determine what is available. What payment rails does that routing number receive? And so what's displayed to our, our trust account holders is, hey, this routing number, it can receive real-time payment, it can receive wire, it can receive ACH, or it can only receive wire, or it can only receive ACH. So now they know what methods are available, and then they can choose. And by giving them that choice, and, and they not having to make that decision themselves, because in a, in a traditional online banking experience, they would. They would have to know, oh, I want to do a wire, go to the wire page. I want to do an ACH, go to the ACH page. Or I want to do RTP, go to the RTP page. So by, by doing that uh, determination for them of what's available, now they can choose when it's time to actually originate the transaction. And so I envision that when RTP is the option of, of three options on the table, they're going to choose RTP because they're now more effective and complete in doing their work. And then this will, especially when it comes to things like paying off loans, um, and, and not having to deal with cutoff times or trying to pay a real estate agent their commission at five o'clock on a Friday, they can do it now. And they don't have to deal with the check and running it across town. And so I, I feel as they get their hands wrapped around this, uh, this will be the, the standard of choice over the other methods because it's a permanent transfer that happens instantly and they can finish their work and not have to come back later and copy in confirmation codes into the ERP system when the deal's done. And Bob, I'll add on to that, right? It's kind of your your menu options, right? You're providing all of those payment capabilities. They get to choose. I think the 
the RTP network and that instant payment is going to kind of lead the course over time as they get used to that, right? Right now, it's just they're very content and, and they know check, they know ACH, they know wire. Once you experience an instant payment, you don't want to go back, right? That's kind of been the the sentiment that, that we're hearing so far. It's just they just haven't seen it. It's just so new. But that's kind of like our approach as a bank too. We, we're just providing the menu options, right? As a bank, we want to give you every payment option out there. We're going to tell you the differences and you're going to kind of see what works best for you in that particular use case or your particular need. That's really interesting, Ricky, because, you know, we see that as well at the clearinghouse and we're talking to banks and credit unions about uh, real-time payments and RTP. You know, we can talk about it as much as we want, describe it, put it into slide decks and let them see it. But it's until somebody experiences that that first real-time payment. They're like, oh, wow, that is cool. Like, right. I have my money right now or my, my client has their money right now. You know, and it, and it, we, see, we see that with usage. We hear that from other clients about or other banks' clients about usage. Once a consumer or a business finds RTP, they see it in their app, they see it in their digital wallet, they're, they use that more times than not. They don't, go, they don't switch back to an ACH transaction. Uh, they stay with RTP because like, it's, it's done, it's right away, they got a confirmation, and they don't have to worry about, well, will this be here tonight? Will it be here tomorrow? Will it be here you know, on Tuesday because Monday's a bank holiday? You know, so uh, how are you working with your, both of you, uh, Ricky and Bob, how are you working to educate uh, your clients about real-time payments? You know, how do you kind of get across the, the value of it and what seems to work and what doesn't seem to work? Yeah, I, I can go first on that. The, the, for me, it's showing it to them, right? It's going in and, and showing the process and showing a live demo and it's going here, we're going to send the seller the proceeds and, and talking to their use case. So for example, in some states, they have what are called split closings. So buyer gets a title company, seller gets a title company. They're not the same title company. And so what does that mean? Money comes into the buyer's title company and then the buyer's title company has to send what's left over to the seller's title company to finish off the real estate transaction. That process right now is a phone communication, go back and forth, are the numbers all correct? And now we need to send a wire. Oh, we missed the cutoff. You'll get it tomorrow. Whereas talking that scenario through going, you can be on the phone, you can say, yep, we agree, boom, send, they have it, now they can finish their work. That affects their day that affects how they do work for the better. And so when you speak to their use cases, that's what resonates from my side. And, and from Key side, you know, we're at an exciting point right now where we've been a received bank for the last five years on the RTP network, right? And we can, we can showcase that to an extent. It's really cool and exciting to receive an RTP. But what Bob was kind of saying, now to be able to show the send side and the send benefits, we're at that beginning stages of, kind of starting starting our microphone, right? And that's kind of where, where I get excited from a product side of really pushing that out and explaining all the benefits from the send piece. We're still we're still new, we're still pioneering that that field. Um, but again, that's that's the exciting, that next step, the next wave in the ecosystem to send um, an actual an RTP transaction. Excellent. So I guess this is really the big question that I just kind of thought of as we're, as we're discussing the real estate market and, and where everything is. So in real estate, uh, which is, as described, still paper-based, check-based, is it ready for real-time payments? Yes, it is. And, and, and the starting point is on the disbursement side. 
the the hurdle that we're going to have with real-time payments is regulatory. So when receiving when a title agency is receiving funds, it has to pass a good funds rule that they can use that money right away. Now, we know real-time payment is a permanent good funds transfer. It's good funds from that perspective. But depending on each state's regulations, uh, it may or may not encompass that already. Some are very specific in saying it has to be a wire, where others are generic and say it has to be a good funds transfer. Um, some states are modifying them. Utah just modified theirs and their legislation goes into effect in July, or excuse me, in June of this year. So it's getting in front of the regulation for real-time payments so that they can receive that and not have any audit, audit issues with it. Um, from a push perspective and sending money out from a settlement company, we haven't seen any restrictions on that. They don't restrict on what method they use to pay, even though goats aren't used anymore. <laughs> Kidding. Um, they're not restricted. They can use ACH. They can use wire. They can use checks. And so real-time payment slots in there. So starting out, there's no restriction on that. And, you know, to speak to something that was said earlier is that I think they can, the early adopters can leverage this to win business because if they can go to a real estate agent and say, look, we can pay you as soon as this thing's done and you'll have your money. That speaks, right? And as long as you're receiving real-time payment bank, you can get your money instantly as we're doing, as we're going through this process and you don't have to deal with the check and all that kind of stuff. I think there's the opportunity to, to win against your competitors because you're doing something that they're not doing. Are there states that you, that you know, on, on your client base where you know that uh, the good funds would apply to RTP and, and it's fine. And there are other states where you're going to run into, you know, you're going to have to work through that regulatory process. Yeah. It, it just depends on the state. Like I said, Utah, they, they jumped on it right away. I'm based in Idaho and, and I'm working with the uh, trade organizations in that regard to, to implement that and make sure that the, uh, the state regulators are fine with it. I've looked at like Washington state and it seems to be fine, like out of the gate. So it, it really is a state by state basis on how they've drafted those, those terms. And Bob, I'll, I'll add to that, right? Making what makes the real estate industry ready is also going to be companies like yourself, right? From a key bank perspective, we're, we're going to connect to the plumbing, right? And we are going to be the payments options. Um, but what's going to grow it is going to be these specialized you know, application softwares within the industry that um, say that these companies are are comfortable with, right? And and they can do all of their the real estate needs within there. Oh, and I can do payments. Well, that's going to take you to the next the next stage, right? And and KeyBank's just going to play one role in that um, to try to connect as as many um, participants as possible. Again, just doing the plumbing, but from the industry standpoint, you're you're growing that piece, right? You're you're actually opening their eyes a little bit more than just a, a bank would because you're right within what they do on an everyday basis. Great point. So is there anything we missed in this uh, discussion today? Anything we didn't cover when it comes to real-time payments and in the real estate space? For me, I would say that the main thing is just having people jump on and start using it. So we, we get that feedback sometimes where people are like, oh, when everybody's using it, we'll use it. And so what I, I tell folks is, why not be the first? Because if you use it, then it will be used and your competitors will want it. Your banks will want it. Your banks will give it to you, so on and so forth. Um, and because in the, in the landscape of real estate, uh, the title companies like to do business with the banks they want to do business with. Right. And so, so those banks have to adapt and adopt this technology as well if they don't have it already. And so what's going to drive that is usage. And so, so that's what we're pr promoting to our clients is get on it. 
get on it with one bank that has it, start using it. That will that will promote the growth. That will get us to the point where a request for payment is is mature through the network, which will get us to the place where we can make impacts in things like wire fraud because of utilizing these tools and, and not to be scared of this. Just wrap your arms around it and move forward. Yeah. And from from a key bank perspective, right, we're here to grow the network, grow the industry. So from a non-banking industry side, ask your bank about it. Kind of what Bob said, like be the ones pushing it forward. Um, you know, definitely love you to ask KeyBank about it, but just ask your bank and where are they getting involved? Um, and then understand, you know, how is that going to, how is that going to help you? But just kind of be informed that a real-time payment is here. It's not going away. Um, and it's, it's supposed to benefit you. So just kind of, you know, get as much knowledge around it as you can. Um, and, and ask your bank about instant payments. Great. So um, those are all the questions that I have right now. Uh, but before I do let you go, uh, we do have a tradition on, on the show where we like to ask our guests, what makes them a payments nerd? After all, this is the payments nerd podcast. So I'll ask both of you and I'll uh, Ricky go first. What makes you a payments nerd? What makes me a payments nerd? So uh, my, my son recently turned one years old and I can't think about him using a check ever, right? So I, I hope that he just lives in a world that is instant payments only. Um, and that's kind of all he knows. The fact that I even think about that, if that's cool, that probably makes me a payments nerd, right? Because uh, that's some people are waiting for their kid to walk. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what kind of payments he's going to use in 20 years. <laughs> um, so that, that would put me in the payment nerd category. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I would say that's, that's true. You're a payments nerd. What about you, Bob? Well, you know, if you ask my daughter, she'd say uh, it's because I like the candy nerds. But, uh, um, you know, from uh, I would say from my side, what makes me has made me a payment nerd. Like I, I didn't ever envision being in this sector of the world. Right. I, I joined this sector of the world because I was trying to solve a problem that I had. And what's come of that is it's exciting to see change. It's exciting to uh, visualize and, and you can see what impact this is going to make as it rolls out. And so being a part of that is very exciting and it gets us very nerdy. Uh, Ricky and I, we can laugh about this. Like the first time we did a live production um, at real-time payment, we, we both were nerding out. We're like, that's not so cool. <laughs> so yeah. so it, it, it just, it, it's exciting. And that's what makes you nerd out about it. That's pretty cool. Well said, guys. So, well, on behalf of the Clearinghouse and our guest today, Bob from EM Transfer and Ricky from KeyBank, I'd like to thank everybody for attending and tuning into this podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode and you want to hear more about payments, you can find the Payments Nerd podcast on the podcast page at clearinghouse.org, or you can find Payments Nerds where you subscribe to your podcasts. Simply search for Payments Nerds in your podcast app. Thank you and have a great day. The Clearinghouse is full of payments nerds who just can't wait to tell you about how the RTP network helps U.S. financial institutions create a faster and smarter experience for their corporate and retail customers. Check out the schedule for online and in-person events at theclearinghouse.org. You've been listening to Payments Nerds. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.